This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And good morning, Canada, and welcome inside Golf Talk Canada on TSN 2 and on TSN 1050. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino is going to be joining us in hour two. Now, he is quarantining because he was in Boston last week for the Northern Trust. So, Mark will be back in studio next. We, just, we were just discussing <laughs> next, next Saturday. It's or no, no, no next Saturday, two Saturdays from now. So Mark will be back in a couple of weeks. He's quarantining right now. We'll hear from Mark a little later in the show for stardom, sit him. But Bob, a, a wild week in, in the world of, in the world yeah. period and the world of sports too. Yeah, I guess uh, everyone knows exactly kind of what happened and um, uh Big statements being made yeah. by by a lot of the sports leagues and the, the players in the sports leagues, I should say, and um, it's hard not to stand behind them and do what they're doing. It's very, um, very different in the golf world. You know, we we were talking about this uh, before we came on air about mm-hmm. about the difference in golf. Really, didn't make much of a statement. PJ Tour issued a statement. A number of golfers, uh, including Cameron Champ and Mackenzie Hughes, both commented on the issue. I think Cameron Champ's been the most vocal. He's uh, been out there and wearing the black and the white shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some people are a little disappointed that the golfers didn't do more than um, than give it kind of lip service. But mm-hmm. um, it's hard to compare them, and this is not a uh, giving them an out by any means. It's hard to compare them to other leagues because they're not a team. Yep. They're, not, they're all 70 individuals. You would have had to gather them all together, which I think you could have done. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's, I think in my own personal view, it's, it's a little disappointing there wasn't more said or done on the league it's I don't know I don't know where to where to fall on that it's a tough issue but uh, I'm glad that some people spoke out I'm glad that Mackenzie Hughes said said what he said he was vocal the last time when um, there was a, uh, earlier in the year in May uh, he had a, a post up on uh, on Twitter about it and so I I guess we'll move forward and see see if they can do something else it would have been nice I mean the guy you want to say something and do something and be at the lead is Tiger Woods, but he has never done that for whatever his reasons are. He's done a lot of great things. He's got the Tiger Woods Foundation, which mm-hmm. helps um, disadvantaged kids uh, get their education, but he's never been someone who's been a vocal person yeah. on, on social issues. That's for sure, and and we were the one, he was the one guy we were waiting to hear from after that Thursday first round. Uh, before we go to news and headlines, uh, if we can, let's play the sound from Tiger Woods after his round on Thursday. Was there any thought at all to not playing this round? No, I talked to the commissioner and uh, they were on board. Um, obviously, he released his statement and uh, all the guys were on board. And so, no, there was obviously there's talk about it because obviously what, what happened. Uh, but we're all on board on the same page. All on board on the same page. Cameron Champ, you know, wearing the, the two different colored shoes. Um, players doing some different things. Tony Finau, some powerful comments as well. But, uh, you know, these players will keep playing. Uh, the other sports leagues are resuming now. There's, I believe, a triple header in the NHL today. The NBA has three games as well today. But, I mean, kudos to all these players for doing what they've done. Yeah, it's, uh, it's their right. It's their, they have a powerful position to, to use that right. And, um, again, I'm a little disappointed in golf. Yeah. Uh, I think they, they could have done something a little bit more impactful. Um, but... On we go. On we go, that's for sure. Well, uh, Bob, this is the second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. 
our U.S. Open preview show is supposed to be in a couple of weeks, but are we playing the U.S. Open right now or what? <laughs> it sure seems like it, doesn't it? Man, what a, uh, what a difference between two weeks. You know, one under is leading. There's only two players in red figures. If you'd shot one under through the first 36 holes on uh, last week, you would have missed the cup by two shots. Yeah. And, so, and, and someone said to me, oh, boy, I really love this watching this, uh, these guys battle out in a tough golf course. And I like both. I don't mind seeing guys light it up, and I don't mind seeing guys struggle and fight. I think they're both entertaining, mm-hmm. and I don't think you have to pick between one. I think we see what we saw last week more often than we, what we see this week. Um, but, uh, but in their own rights, in their own ways, they're both pretty entertaining. We're going to discuss the BMW Championship at length throughout the show. We're going to hear from Richard Zokel about a very exciting uh, app that's come out. Mark Skeeno had a chance to catch up with him. We're going to give away a tailor-made FCG uh, putter, which is their new putter coming out in the fall line. Very exciting uh, about that. Uh, tons of news in the world of golf, though, so let's hit some news and headlines. Okay, so now let's, Bob, let's go right into news and headlines <laughs> okay. here. Uh, all good here. Uh, tons of news in the world of golf. Uh, the Ottawa Hunt and Golf Club hosting an LPGA event. This is in 2022. They've done it before, I believe, five times, and they're doing it again in 2022. Uh, yeah, obviously the CP Women's Open. It's going to be going to be there. And um, the only thing you need to know is that uh, the Ottawa Hunt is actually 62.4 kilometers from Smith Falls, Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the last time it was held there, massive, massive galleries. As I said, you know, it's, uh, I don't think there was anybody left in Smith Falls or in the surrounding Ottawa area to see Brooke, and she actually just made the cut on the number and then posted the course record the next day on Saturday, so it was exciting. So I think they're playing to their strengths by moving back to Ottawa, and I understand they may be coming to Toronto at some point in the near future, so that's another good uh, good opportunity for, for Canadian golf fans in this area to see, um, to Toronto golf fans to see Brooke, but Ottawa Hunt was a good test. It'll be a good place. It'll be a good host. And if I remember correctly, Brooke, it was, she was one in one of the first tee times that Saturday morning, too. I think we were, all, we were on the air. We saw our first four or five holes, and she you know, birdied three or four of them. The CP Women's Open was supposed to be next week. Obviously, that's been postponed until 2021. But looking forward to seeing the Ottawa Hunt and Golf Club hosting another event, uh, the CP Women's Open on the LPGA Tour. Speaking of the women's game, Sophia Popov wins the AIG Women's British Open. One of the greatest stories we've seen in recent golf memory, you know, from someone who was caddying a couple weeks ago to go on and win a major championship. Generally, they're given a five-year exemption, but that isn't the case this time around. Some controversy here? So the five-year exemption goes to a player who's an LPGA member. Right. So last year, uh, Sophia Popoff lost her status on the LPGA Tour. She went to the qualifying school and missed by one shot. She actually bogeyed the last hole to drop her from conditional status to no status. She was on the Symmetra Tour. So because she's not on that, they're taking a hard line and they're saying, sorry, no, you uh, only get a one-year exemption. And uh, the whole world has risen up in, in Sophia's defense. But uh, Commissioner Wan came on and said, you know, um, he did a video chat, mm-hmm. really, or a video statement, and said, sorry, we just can't break this rule. This is the way it is. And if we do it once, we have to do it a bunch of times. But... You know, when you look back, they have made exceptions to rules. Uh, Lexi Thompson got an exemption or a status on the tour before she was 18, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, They've done it a few times, so I don't know really why they couldn't do it. But on the other side, Sophia Popoff, with that great story, will probably not have any trouble getting exemptions. So uh, it's just a little sad that they couldn't make this one exemption for her because I think everybody's on her side with this. 
Everybody's definitely on our side of this. Tommy Fleetwood, the Ian, except the rule book. <laughs> Tommy Fleetwood, Ian Poulter had some pretty strong tweets about it. I'm sure we'll discuss that at length in our Golf Talk Canada on TV show coming up this Wednesday. And speaking of things we're going to discuss this Wednesday on our TV show, how about Phil Mickelson? Wins his Champions Tour debut, laps the field, really, hitting bombs, chewing the gum. Phil looked unstoppable. Had the, uh, had the shades on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what a debut, right? Sets the scoring record and... And uh, you wonder, uh, he sort of said, uh, you know, originally he was sort of a guy who was said, oh, I'll never play the, the Champions Tour. Then he went out because he wanted to keep his game sharp for the U.S. Open, I'm presuming. And he says that now after he won, he said, you know, that was fun. It was enjoyable. I might go and do it a little bit more. So he's softening up a little bit. And why not? If you can lap the field like he did, I'd play there a little more often, too. Yeah, 100%. Now, does that change your your perspective of Phil going into the U.S. Open at all? I mean, the golf courses are, are 100% totally different, and they're playing these fairways that are really wide and pins in the middle of the greens, but a win's a win, you know? Yeah, um, and, the, you know, to, to the Champions Tour defense, that particular golf course was was fairly soft. Uh, they don't play that way all the time. Mm-hmm. They, they play some pretty tough layouts. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if Phil plays a, little, a few more events, and we'll see where his game's at. But I, I don't think it really changes. He was playing not too badly, but I, th- I don't think it really changes my opinion of where he is in terms of uh, U.S. Open. What about yeah. you, you think? Yeah, I, I, I mean, a win is a win. And, you know, hearing some guys talk about uh, Phil's performance, Roy McIlroy, Kevin Na, Tiger Woods, they, they all had comments saying, you know, he, he could win every week just with a short game alone. And that confidence alone can propel you to good success. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do at the U.S. Open. It'll be interesting for sure. He's, he's got to hit those, as he calls, hellacious seeds yeah. down the middle of the fairway <laughs> and maybe avoid the bombs every now and again. But uh, good for Phil. Wins the Champions Tour. His Champions Tour debut, quite a performance. Uh, some more news in the world of golf. The CJ Cup, which was in Korea, is now going to Shadow Creek. Mm. This is pretty spicy. Uh, yeah, that's a great uh, a great get for Shadow Creek. It's a very exclusive golf course uh, created by Steve Wynn back in the day. I think it's MGM that owns it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I've been lucky enough to play it a few times, and uh, it's it's the home of the biggest gambling golf that I know of. I've heard of. I asked yeah. I, the last time I was there, I had a caddy uh, who used to be on the PGA Tour, but he was making more money caddying at Shadow Creek. So I said, "What's the most money you've ever seen change hands here?" So he said, "We have a rule, or the gamblers have a rule that if you lose." big or if you let's say i beat you big one day you have the right to say okay we have a a rematch tomorrow and i have to play i have to agree to that (laughs) so he said there was this some some uh golfers from japan who came in and that happened one guy got beat pretty bad the next first day came back to try and get his money back the next day and got beat again Uh and he said the payoff was 1.2 million and he paid him in poker chips in the (laughs) parking lot so, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of money changing hands at that golf course. There's some great stories about Shadow Creek, but it's a great golf course. It's a weird scenario. It's built right in the desert, but you'd think you're in the middle of some lush forest. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a good test for them. It'll be fun. Last time, of course, we saw it was Tiger and Phil. And, and that was probably the most entertaining golf match we've ever seen, that, that match between Tiger and Phil. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. eh, not so much, but uh, happy to see Shadow Creek hosting this event. Looking forward to seeing that. That's coming up a little later in October. And before we wrap news and headlines, European Tour, new events coming in 2020 in a couple months. They're going to go and play in Cyprus, but they've also got one at the old course, mm-hmm. which, is, which will be good. But yeah, they're adding to their calendar, which is... Uh, great for those guys over there. Wonderful opportunity for some more players. And good Von Keith Pelly for filling up the schedule a little bit and giving these guys a place to work. 
a great a great thing there by Keith Pell. You had a chance to catch up with him at some point during the pandemic on one of those Zoom interviews we did way, <laughs> yeah. way back then. It feels like a year ago and it was three months ago, but uh, he's done some great things for the European Tour. Uh, that's for sure. Well, on the other side, we're going to discuss the BMW Championship. We're going to hear from Rory McIlroy, who's tied to the lead. We're also going to discuss Mackenzie Hughes, who's had a great first 36 holes. He's only three shots off the lead. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade. Every day, more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Join them and you'll see why. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. We're live on TSN 2 and on TSN 1050. Mark Sacchino is going to be joining us in about an hour's time. He is quarantining after being... Uh, on location in Boston last week for the Northern Trust. We'll hear from Mark in hour two, Stardom Sidham, and of course, winners, weird and what. But Bob, what a tournament we have here at the BMW Championship. Rory McIlroy, Patrick Cantlay tied for the lead. We're going to hear from Rory McIlroy shortly. But for a guy who doesn't have a top 10 finish in seven starts since the pandemic pause, are you surprised to see what he's done so far? What are your thoughts on Rory's performance? I think we were all kind of waiting for this to happen, for him to break out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been close. He's had some good rounds, but never four good rounds. And I think that uh, you know he's just too good a player not to be able to put something like this together. He switched putters, went back to the spider, and said that after the first round he was he yipped one, I guess. So he decided that he better put another one in. And I, I thought he putted pretty well yesterday. I didn't check his stats to see where he was in the putting, but I, I liked uh, I liked basically his overall approach to it. You know, he didn't really play. I, I didn't think very very aggressively. He just kind of very easy played to the fat of the green and uh, went in from there. And, and it's obviously it held out. I mean, not too many guys in the in the 60s in the last two two days. Not not too many guys in the 60s for sure. Right now there are only two players under par: Rory McIlroy and Patrick Cantley. You mentioned Rory playing sort of conservatively, and he did that for the most part. There was one hole, the fifth hole, where he hit it in the rough and tried to get too much out of it. Actually, got up and down for a pretty good bogey, but I mean, as we were mentioning in segment one, to go from guy shooting 30 under par to guys, you know shooting one under after two rounds and are tied for the tied for the lead it's it's pretty good for golf to see that you know on course setup alone these these guys can, can look pretty silly at times too they can and uh, they get humbled a little bit right yeah. so it's so the way this golf course is obviously the 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 fairways are are sort of uh slope away from the from the dog leg so mm-hmm. it's very tough to try and keep it in there. And when they're this hard, you know, you're almost always, it seems like, playing out of the rough. Guys are hitting some fairways, obviously, but um, the fairways and regulation numbers are, are way down compared to what they were a week ago. And, and even then, if you're not, you know, you have to play safe into the greens, you can't get it. And the greens are very slopey. I remember that from 2003, how slopey they were. Mm-hmm. And if you're on the wrong side of the green here, you can be made to look pretty silly on a short putt because you've got... You know, two feet of break in in a, in a six foot putt, so it's um, it's it's a tough golf course, and yeah, it'll humble you. Well, I know going into the week on TV on Wednesday, we were discussing this golf course, but did you anticipate it being this hard? 
No, not not a chance. Yeah. I didn't think it would be. You know, I didn't think there'd be only be two guys yeah. under par at this point. I thought, I thought it would be sort of like maybe a, a single digit winner. I mean, uh-huh. and it might not even be that. I was looking up the other day, or yesterday, I guess. The last time a PGA Tour event was won with an over par score was 1981, and this has got a good chance to go there. But although there was some overnight rain, so we'll yeah. see if it softened things up a bit. You know, the solution, ball's got to go farther. Yeah. they got to yeah, juice the exactly. clubs up a little more, right? <laughs> with Rory McIlroy, 70-69 through two rounds. He's tied for the lead with Patrick Cantlay, and after his second round, he spoke with Golf Channel. It's really tricky, and I think as well, like Hare Hari said a good thing, like coming up the last couple holes, every 30 minutes, it gets harder. Just as the wind keeps blowing, the greens get firmer. I mean, I was surprised there was there was a little bit of moisture on the greens when we started off. We started on the back nine, 10, 11, 12. But then as we just kept going, and especially as we turned and we turned in the front nine, like we, we noticed a real difference on the first green, the second green, the third green. So just every every so often, you're just like, whoa, this is, this is tough. But, you know, pars are good out there i was able to break part today which is awesome and put myself in a good spot going into the weekend so rory mcelroy is tied with patrick cantley after two rounds patrick cantley was also playing with mackenzie hughes we're going to discuss hughes very shortly but patrick cantley he's 37th heading into the week in the fedex cup uh since the pandemic pause he finished t7 at workday t11 at travelers and a whole bunch of T30 to T40, and he missed the cut last week at the Northern Trust. He, he had a strange injury as well, I believe, in the early part of the year. What are your thoughts on the way Patrick Cantley's performed in 36 holes? Well, he got a lot out of his round. He chipped in a couple times, and he had that... Uh, Pull-out eagle too, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think, the, uh, I think he's, had, um, he's had some good breaks, not to take anything away from his talent. Uh, but and that's what you need if you're going to win a tournament if you're going to be up at the top of the leaderboard you need to get those breaks in so uh, he's putted pretty well I, I like the way he's been putting so mm-hmm. far so he's a very um, understated kind of guy you don't think about him a lot when you think about the top players in the world but he's right up there and I think I think he could do some damage on the weekend this is kind of his style of play I think I definitely agree with that now he finished second in, in this tournament last year to Justin Thomas albeit at a very different golf course in Medina where guys were you know in the mid-teens under par looking forward to seeing Patrick Cantley he's teeing off with Rory McIlroy at uh, 12.55 local 1.55 Eastern and Bob you can actually watch that as well on TSN and CTV ah, too as well yes yeah, like so you that. can watch that there um, going down the leaderboard here Dustin Johnson we talked about him last week at length. Historic performance, 30 under par. He was playing as if it was a video game. And through 36 holes, 71-69, he makes two bombs on his last two holes to put 69 in the clubhouse. He's one shot off the lead. The way he's playing right now, would you almost call him the favorite? What do you think? Uh, yeah, he's got to be close. I mean, you know, DJ, we've, we've known that DJ from T to, to Green is, is one of the best players, even when he's only on a mediocre run. Mm-hmm. And when his putter responds, like it has last, well, it did last week, and it's doing fairly good things for him this week. He's on the positive side. He's ninth in strokes gained putting through the first two rounds. So, you know, he's, um, he's a tough guy to beat. He, we've, we sort of had that poll question this week about who, when they're playing their best, who is the best player in, in the game and who's uh, I, I just think Dustin Johnson right now is still riding the momentum of what he did last week and the confidence level and on a tough golf course that can mean a lot you have you trust your shots so um, if you can if trust everything in this golf course you're doing well you have to really trust your shots and and you discussed on our tv show this past week 
uh, after his his first round, putting for three and a half hours in the practice putting green, was only 11 under through 11 on Friday. Shots a pretty disappointing 60, actually. But watching his pre-shot routine now, he's doing, we're on TV now, so I can do this. He's sort of putting his right elbow back. Yeah. It's, you know, players do funny things, but, you know, we've seen Justin Rose in the past sort of tuck that sleeve in, and Dustin Johnson doing something similar, isn't he? Yeah, he's got some kind of a deal where he's trying not to let that, that over, you know, come out and overtake yeah. his, on, his, on his putting. Um, I guess it's on this side. It's right, you know, left-handed, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, um, it is uh, whatever works. And, and Dustin Johnson has struggled with his putting. We know that um, at times. He's had great streaks where he's putted really well and other points where it's just been a difficult situation. And you can see they showed a close-up last week where the face kind of got closed over top of the putter almost. Mm. I don't know how to explain it any better than that. But, and I think that's what this does is it just keeps that face a little bit more vertically um, lined up with, with the ball. So it hits, you get a better, better pure hit. And he's always said he's had a trouble getting the putter started on the right line that he sees. And I don't know if you remember, but when we were down at TaylorMade a couple of years ago, Bill Price was working with him, and he had about six different putters that he was walking from the factory over to the testing area with. All had different alignment aids on the top, mm-hmm. lines and Vs and circles and things like that, trying to find one that Dustin uh, would suit his eye. So um, I don't think he's alone in struggling with a putter, but... but he looks like he's found one that's working for him. Well, the putter he has right now is an older Spider model with without any uh, alignment on it. He he won earlier uh, since the COVID um, restart were, uh, using a uh, a truss blade. So he, he's got a revolving door of putters. DJ, he's one shot off the lead. Moving down the leaderboard here a little bit, some Canadian content. Mackenzie Hughes, plus two through two rounds. He was four over in his last four holes on a very, very challenging golf course. Have you had a chance to catch up with Mackenzie at all since finishing that second round? I talked to him last night um, after his round. We had a little chat, and uh, he, was, he was more than pleased. We talked about the fact that he always seems to play well on difficult golf courses. Yeah. And you look at the Honda Classic, uh-huh. which was won by a single-digit score. Uh, you look at Memorial, where he finished tied for sixth, won by a single-digit score. So he loves the, the challenge of thinking your way through, of not necessarily playing a super aggressive as composed to playing super smart golf. So he's, he's in a really good position um, in terms of, of the way he attacks a golf course mentally, I think, to play this style of golf. I also asked him about you know whether he's keeping one eye on the FedEx Cup standings because yeah. he's projected right now to be 30th, to finish 30th. <laughs> and he said, no, it's, it's totally irrelevant. It doesn't mean anything at all because he says it's going to go up and down so many times. You know, some guy makes a putt here or hits it in the trees there. It's not going to matter. So... Um, but he did say, you know, if I just play the way I'm playing, I like my chances. So good for him. Good for him, for sure. 69-73 through two rounds. He's three shots off the lead. He'll be teeing off with Billy Horschel this afternoon at 115. Now, you mentioned Mackenzie Hughes not thinking about the Tour Championship. But if he does make the Tour Championship, some pretty good perks there. Yeah, you get all four majors. You get the Players' Championship. You basically... You freeze you up to pick your schedule however you want, and hopefully that schedule will look a little easier than it did, a little more regular than it did uh, this year. But uh, it's it's a it's a big coup. Corey Connors had it last year, right? So he's uh, he got in there. But um, I think it just gives you so much flexibility and takes takes the pressure off anything you need to do for the year. So I think that's uh, 
that's that's a great goal, and it's obviously in Mackenzie Hughes' sights. Now you mentioned Corey Connors, and he got some airtime yesterday on Golf Channel because he had the first bogey-free round of the tournament. Pretty good for Corey Connors. That's amazing. Seventeen pars and a birdie, but that's typical Corey Connors, right? If you look at his stats, I was looking at them last night. It's crazy. They're all tremendous stats except for his putting. He's like 56th in putting, yeah. but he's second in greens and regulation. And I don't know. It's anyway. It's a typical Corey Connors kind of uh, production. But yeah, Louis Ustazen also posted yep. one shortly after. But um, when you think about the, how talented these guys are, to be the one of only two. Uh, bogey-free rounds is pretty remarkable. Corey Connors is five over. He's T30. That's how hard this golf course is playing. Tiger Woods, we haven't mentioned him. We're going to talk about Tiger a little later in the show because someone started him this week on TV. Oops. Uh, He is T55. Nine shots off the lead at eight over par. Well, Bob, on the other side, we're going to hear from Richard Zokel about a very exciting new app that will help your mental game on the golf course. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade. Every day, more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Join them and you'll see why. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. We're live on TSN2 and TSN 1050. If you don't catch us live on TSN 1050, we're available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, podcast section. We're available everywhere here on Golf Talk Canada. Well, Mark Sacchino isn't with us right now. He's quarantining after spending time in Boston last week covering the Northern Trust for PGA Tour Radio. But he did do some efforting for Team GTC here. He had a chance to catch up with Canadian, former Canadian golf professional Richard Zokel. He's still a golfer. I was just going to say that. <laughs> said, former, that's not correct. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Hall of Famer Richard Zokel. The man is a huge deal, Richard Zokel. And uh, he has come out with a, a golf app, Mind Track Golf, that'll help your mental game on the golf course. Let's hear from Mark and Richard Zokel. So happy to be joined now by Canadian golf legend Richard Zolkel. Played on the tour for over 20 years, winner in 1992. And uh, we were just talking off camera. Richard, it's amazing. We've never met. We have so many mutual friends, uh, so many connections to the same uh, industry and whatnot. And and yet this is the first we get to to get to talk on national TV. And we, we, in addition to our last name starting with Zed, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I did, that's true. Uh, Richard, I got to be honest with you. Uh, when, I, when I heard about what you were doing with Mind Tracks, and that's what we're yeah. talking about today, and it's mindtrackgolf.com. Uh, check it out. Mind Track Golf. Track is T R A K golf.com. When I heard about it, I found this to be fa- uh, fascinating, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, I've played competitive golf my entire life. And one of the biggest challenges I've had is uh, taking it from playing a casual round or a friendly match with a buddy somewhere where you're comfortable and then getting in an uncomfortable environment. And I'm a nervous Nelly. I'm a high energy guy to begin with, which I always found challenging. And then I heard what you were doing and I went, this is fascinating. So before we jump into the weeds, because this is pretty deep stuff. So before we jump yeah. in the weeds, 
give just the, the Coles notes, the 30-second pitch to the audience on what it is you're doing. Okay, so the description of MindTrack Golf. MindTrack Golf is a mental fitness app and platform. It's a, it's a protocol that transforms the player's perception and perspective, and it strengthens their attentional focus, their mindset, so they can optimize performance. And you're bang on because, you know, you talked about, uh, and everyone falls into the same uh, uh, pitfall or down the rabbit hole is a term that I use, or also it's an, another term that I use a lot in, with MindTrack Golf is golf insanity. And I think everyone can relate to that. But it relates to trying to, that, that, that problem that golfers try and take their range game to the golf course. Everyone struggles with this. I mean, Johnny Miller talks about it. And the real secret to really understanding this first of all is is really grabbing hold of the the essence of what the driving range is first of all the driving range doesn't matter and that's what gives the golfer freedom to perform well in the driving range then they shift over to the first tee where it matters and they don't have the ability to recover from a poor shot by grabbing it raking another ball over and hitting a good shot and then feeling good about it and this is the difference you have to performance is on the golf course it starts on the first tee it ends on the 18th green when you make your last putt and you've got to remove yourself from what happens on the driving range okay so let's go back 20 to 21 years ago you spoke about I, i've read a lot on the website and you talk about the 2000 us open as kind of a breakthrough moment for you but you were working on this uh in your tour career leading up to that point. So take us into those 12 months, uh, you know, how you started working on this, where did the ideas come from? And then of course, obviously now, you know, fast forward 21 years later, 20 years later, we've got it in an app that yes. you know, I can use, our listeners, our viewers can use. Pretty amazing, but let's go, go back to the roots of this. How, how did you identify the problem and what did you start working on? Well, I think a lot of people, if, you, if you're my age, you, know, you may know that uh, in my rookie year, 1982, when I dove into the psychology of the game, I, I was playing on tour my first year and I couldn't make a cut. And then um, because I was so amped up, like what you were referring to, I'm, I'm a lot like that myself. And I couldn't calm down, even though I knew I was playing. So I slapped this thing on my head called a Walkman. I remember and this. Just, yeah, the, the, the first time I did it, I didn't do it in practice. I did it in the first round of the uh, Greater Milwaukee Open. And after missing, you know, cuts for six months, I grabbed the lead of the first round of the tournament, had the lead after the second round, third round. It was a monumental difference. So at that point, got the psychology of the game really resonated with me. And then through the 80s, Jim Nelford and I, we traveled with sports psychologists. We, we hired a a Toronto psychologist named Dr. Richard Lanetto. We were starting to learn about biofeedback back in the mid 80s and my deep dive into the psychology. So coming through the 90s, I went a couple times in, in 92. You know, one of my wins was un, an unofficial win, but it counted as official money. And then later on, I started to stumble. I started to get into this, what I call golf insanity, because every time I got under pressure, under heat, I found myself diverting back to this golf insanity because I started to get ahead of myself. I wanted the result. I was projecting forward what I was going to shoot or what I'm going to do. And it just disrupted everything. So in 1999, I'm back on the Corn Ferry Tour trying to earn my way onto the PGA Tour. And I said to myself, I have to stop 
in order to get at a golf incident, I got to stop thinking about the result because it's just pulling me down the rabbit hole and it's, it's causing a lot of problems. Every golfer can relate to this, Mark. And then that's what you're talking about. So I decided to capture and, and focus a measurement system <clears throat> that was very different. Instead of the score being uh, and the, the result where my attention was, I needed to focus and I created this term of key performance markers uh, for every single shot and pr key performance data. So the, 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 the key performance data is what club did you use and how well did you assess that shot, which means, you know, figuring out the distance, choosing the club, you know, determining the lie. So your ability to assess the shot and then execute that shot. And the combination of those, when I put my attention on this, then the byproduct of golf, this is what a lot of teachers teach, it comes as a result. And what this does when your attentional focus is on the two key performance markers, rather than the result, it starts to free you up emotionally to, <clears throat> so you can optimize performance. And in, you know, at the U.S. Open, I was starting to get really good at this. So this was at 2000 at Pebble Beach. And, and that week, I was struggling a little bit. I made the cut on the nose. I didn't play the third round particularly well. But the final round, and, and, um, which was one of the toughest U.S. Opens, I went out there. I said, come on, this is, this is the U.S. Open. Look what Tiger Woods is doing. It's Pebble Beach. And I went out there with this freedom attitude. And I turned the front nine in 30, and I was, very, I was deep, so detached from the results, I didn't know what I shot. And my caddy says to me, do you know what you shot? We're walking down the 10th fairway. He goes, do you know what you shot? And I went, no, I don't, and I don't care. And he says, you shot 30. And usually that's a disruptive moment when he tells you, what you what, where you were and, or if someone introduces that. And I said to him, you know what? I still don't care what I shot. So that was really the aha moment when under the gun that it allowed me to have this personal freedom, this emotional freedom to not play with fear and play with a lot of fun. And I think th this is the product that we're bringing out, we're introducing to the world. And we think there's a big, huge product market fit for this. So here's how my mind and ears are translating this, uh, Richard. It, I'm hearing... Instead of grading the result and being results focused, you've come up with a system on how you can grade your process. And just last yeah. week at the Northern Trust, I have a perfect example of this. Cameron Davis, just a young kid from Australia on tour, playing in you know the first FedEx Cup playoff event. He played great for several days. And all the media around him was trying to get him to bite. Right. You know, bite about the pressure of the playoffs. Bite about how he's playing. And he kept – it was almost robotic in his answers – I have a process, I'm sticking my process, I'm grading myself on my process, mm -hmm. and that's where my head's at, and I don't really talk, want to talk about anything else. So what I'm hearing from you right now is everybody kind of wants to do that or wants to head down that path. But you're, if you're an average golfer or a better-than-average golfer, you maybe compete at your club, maybe mini-tours, instead of just sending yourself off into the wilderness – with the mindset that I'm going to do this, what I'm hearing is you've got a product and an app that almost kind of keeps you on plan or keeps you exactly. in the lane instead of letting yourself wander. Is, is that accurate? That's exactly what it is. It, it, it's, mental, it's a mental thought protocol. And, and basically what it does is, is in, if, you, if you don't have a, it's kind of like, I can use the same analogy. Let's say I want to get physically fit and I pay for a gym membership. 
but I don't do the protocol every day. I drive by the gym every day. Being a member of the gym isn't going to make me physically fit. So the protocol that you have to do means, you know, spending half an hour on the cardiovascular, uh, you know, uh, um, improving your cardiovascular, lifting weights, doing stretching, all those things are physical protocols. MindTrack Golf is a thought protocol. It's so what it does is it pulls you back from going into golf insanity. And if you don't have a f protocol, you will slip into golf insanity. And what go let, me under let me talk about specifically what golf insanity is. Golf insanity is projecting forward to a result. Like you've got a four-foot putt to win whatever, whatever it is, to win a Nassau, to win the U.S. Open, to win the Masters, it doesn't matter. And if your projection is, I've got to make this putt before you hit it, you're getting ahead of yourself, you're creating anxiety, and you're going to screw up. So golf insanity is projecting forward. It's also looking back at the past. It's giving value to uh, what other people think of you, perhaps as a person or a golfer, and, um, <clears throat> or occupying technical swing thoughts. You know, those things you don't do, we all know there's a zillion cliches about them. And it, when you're on the golf course, your attentional focus is on any shot. It's first of all, you have to assess it. You got to figure out the yardage. You got to figure out the lie, how well you're swing, what's your capability of hitting the shot, picking, pick, choosing that assessment and grading it and then executing it. You don't want to think about golf swing because when you trigger the word golf swing, you think of technical swing, or most people do. But so when you practice this protocol, it pulls you into the present moment without you even knowing it. And, and you can get, you reach some, you know, tremendous uh, successes. You know, I, I think you may have heard that uh, we introduced it to Taylor Pendrith and it triggered him. He took off last year and played some great golf and he's playing some great golf this year as well. He's going to be in the U.S. Open in a couple of weeks. He's had an incredible stretch, an incredible run, and, and obviously this has had a, a great deal to do with it. Okay, Richard, I want to do this, so I'm going to get involved. And I know there's listeners and viewers right now, whether they're watching on TSN or listening on TSN radio. Uh, so how do we get involved? What's the process of getting involved here? Download the app. Get, get, a, get us started. How do we get involved? So you can either go to mindtrackgolf.com, and as you mentioned, uh, thank you for spelling it right. There's no C in there, MindTrack, T-R-A-K, golf. And then you can download the app from there. You can access the Apple Store. Now, keep in mind, we don't have it in an Android product. That'll come out next year. But the product is free right now. And <clears throat> we have a founding membership. The first 500 downloads um, and those who play 10 rounds of golf with it and, and uh, will always be founding members. It'll always be free to that customer. We want to build a base and, uh, and we've got some exciting announcements. We're announcing today that we're our partnership with Stockton Golf. That's Dave Stockton, Ron Stockton, and Dave Jr. And, um, and they'll be ta I'm talking to the PGA of America and a whole bunch of people. And we want, we want this product to become the mental uh, thought process. Uh, and and it's, a very, it's a very simple thing to do. Download the app and uh, start to fiddle with it, start to play it, start to understand it, and then implement it into your golf game. Richard, I'm going to do it right now as soon as we uh, exit this interview. I'm looking forward to getting started. You know, we've had so many advancements in the game of golf when it comes to drivers and irons and golf balls. And, you know, I'd love to talk to you in the future and, and, and follow up with this, but also talk to you about just your views and, on, on the modern day game and where we can go. But as far as mind track golf is concerned, this is long overdue. There hasn't been enough advancements 
And what, what you're suggesting here and what you're outlining, I, I think is fantastic. I'm going to give it a go. Thanks so much for your time. Let's do it again soon and uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, enjoy the rest of your summer. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure uh, finally getting to, to have a conversation with you and uh, a very, uh, very much appreciate your, your thoughts. That was Mark with Richard Zokel, a very exciting product there, MindTrack Golf. Speaking of exciting products, Bob, after the break, we are giving away a TaylorMade Spider FCG putter as a part of 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Some exciting stuff. Someone's going to win something. Someone's going to win something. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. We're live on TSN 2 and TSN 1050. Mark Sacchino is going to be by an hour or two. He's currently quarantining after being in Boston last week covering the Northern Trust for PGA Tour Radio. Well, Bob, we like to give away things here on Golf Talk Canada all the time. Free stuff. Free stuff going away. We have 20 weeks of TaylorMade. We do this for 20 weeks throughout the summer. We give away some TaylorMade's great products. And this week, we are giving away a Spider FCG putter. This putter is coming out as a part of their fall line. And, Bob, the winner is... Darcy Carter. Darcy, you are the winner of a Spider FCG putter. We'll be in touch with you on Twitter, and you will be getting a new putter. Do we know where Darcy's from? Uh, we, we, don't. we I will find out where Darcy is from. Okay. I will find no, out. No, just so, sorry. No, yeah, no, for Heart's sure. Hearts unknown, as they used to say in yes, wrestling. Yes, yes, we'll find out where Darcy is from. But, Darcy, congratulations. And, Bob, all you have to do to win is, is you follow us on Twitter. You follow us on Instagram, and you're in a draw every week to win some great prizes. And you know what? Here's an ant- I get this question a lot on Twitter. I'm yeah. sure it comes up on our uh, Golf Talk Canada accounts, too, is, uh, you know, what if I'm already following you guys? Do I have to do anything? No, no. you're in. You're if you've in. been following us for a day, a month, a year, it doesn't yeah. matter. You're in the draw. So you are in the draw. You dr- can win just like Darcy from Parts Unknown. From Parts Unknown. <laughs> I actually do know it's on my phone, which is down there. I'm not okay. going to reach down there on camera. But uh, <laughs> Darcy Carter, uh, you are the winner of a Spider FCG putter, of course. This is week 17, so in a couple weeks' time, we're giving away a through-the-bag custom fitting at TaylorMade. I look. I like this putter. I actually uh, I want to try it. I think it. Have uh, you had a chance to hit it yet? I haven't. No, I've uh, I've not had the chance to hit it. I love my Spider that I've got right now, mm-hmm. but uh, this one sort of intrigued me when I did a little write-up for it uh, for Dossier. Well, I've had 77 putts in my last two rounds. So, so maybe you're in the market? Maybe. Are you telling me? Maybe. How many something tell, 77 putts in my last two rounds. Oh, and I've broken 80 both times. Whoa. What, yeah. the, what would the rest of your game so, have been like? It must have been pure. Well, and speaking of putting, before we go to break, Tiger Woods, that putter. Maybe he should use a spider. He's got to use a spider. What would you, what would, would you be shocked if he came out using the uh, FCG putter this afternoon? Uh, I wouldn't. Mm, I would be. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd be pretty shocked. I mean, he used a tailor-made Ardmore sort of mallet-style putter back in 2018 for the Open and the PGA Championship, and then he switched back to his Scotty Cameron before uh, he won the Tour Championship. But that'd be crazy. It's, um, 
you know, the putting that he exhibited yesterday, I would classify it as kind of like horrendous in that category. The putt he hit on the seventh hole, oh, yes. four feet, 11 inches, possibly the worst putt I've ever seen him hit. Now, I don't know what the green, what, how, how much it was uphill, downhill, whatever it was, but to leave that putt short as badly as he did, wow, that was just a shocker. And you could just... The best part of the day, though, was when he sunk the bomb on the last hole, and all of a sudden he looked over at Joe LaCava, and you could just see the smirk on his face of, are you kidding me? Yeah. On the 18th hole, how often does that happen to all of us, right? You finally make some great shot on the last hole. Absolutely. You find that good swing, you make that long putt. He also putted a ball off the green. He was on in front of one of the par fours in the back nine and putted it into the rough. Tiger Woods putting, uh, pretty crazy. But Tiger Woods is actually playing. He tees off in 10 minutes. He's playing with Colin Morikawa. So we'll be, be able to track that uh, third round. And let's see. He's only nine shots off the I lead. I was just going to say, you know, that's the one thing about this crowd, this leaderboard, is that if you put a 67 up on the board, you can move up pretty quick. Well, GC Tiger Tracker, funny to follow on Twitter, someone asked him if he shoots 66, what's going to happen? And he said that scorecard would go right to the Hall of Fame. So he doesn't really see a 66 happening uh, for Tiger Woods. But uh, we'll see how he goes. He's teeing off with Colin Morikawa in 10 minutes. Only nine shots behind Rory McIlroy and Patrick Cantley. Well, we just gave away a Spider FCG putter. After the break, we're going to learn all about the technology behind the Spider nice. FCG, FCG putter with Bill Price from TaylorMade. Plus, we're also going to hear from Mark Zucchino a little later in hour two as well. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. The smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, hour two, the backside as we call it here. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino is going to be joining us in our next segment. Well, Bob, we just gave away a Spider FCG putter to Darcy Cutter, Darcy Carter from Spruce Grove, Alberta. Oh, the gateway to Stony Plains. It's the ninth largest city in Alberta. Did you know that? I did Spruce not Grove know is? That. There you go. <laughs> I did a little research. <laughs> After the interview, we're, we're going to learn more about Spru Spruce Grove, Alberta, and other cities in Alberta. That's very funny. Uh, Darcy Carter, congratulations. You are the winner of the Spider FCG putter. And speaking of that putter, TaylorMade recently launched the fall line of new gear, new irons, wedges, putter, utility clubs. Well, I recently had a chance to catch up with Bill Price from TaylorMade to discuss the new Spider FCG putter. We're talking putters with Bill Price from TaylorMade and Bill. Some great new gear coming out for the fall. Before we get to the new putter being released this fall, there's a ton of momentum right now from Team TaylorMade on the greens on the PGA Tour right now, isn't there, Bill? Yeah, especially since the restart, we've had quite a few victories. You know, a couple spiders, TP, a trust putter win out there. So, yeah, it's been fantastic for us. 
it's been awesome to see uh, yeah, the trust, the spider, everything uh, going really well for Team TaylorMade. Now on the greens, this new putter, it's called the Spider FCG. First of all, what does FCG stand for? Yeah, it's um, it stands for forward center of gravity. Mm-hmm. So uh, what we, you know, Spider's always been uh, built on a platform of stability mm-hmm. and always had a deep CG. So the CG is very, very deep compared to a blade putter that's more front loaded. So, you know, the nice thing about blade putters and Spider's been the number one mallet uh, at retail for probably the last five years. And, and the same thing on tour, you know, we've had Spider has uh, become the number one putter with the number one players over the last five years with Jason Day first with the red, then DJ with black, then uh, Rory with uh, with the uh, Spider X copper, um, and then just a couple weeks ago with the chalk from uh, John Rahm. So mm-hmm. Spider's been a big success, and a lot of that success is built with um, a distance control. So it's great to have a, a putter that provides such great distance control and forgiveness. Yeah, distance control and forgiveness is obviously crucial. Now, part of this is this putter, it looks like a mallet, but feels like a blade. Explain. Yeah. So so one of the things, this was not from us. This is really built on tour. So this had a lot of tour feedback. So so players that struggle to get into a spider, and if they're going from a blade putter, and you look at the size of a blade putter, and you, you kind of analyze what a blade putter is all about, it's got a very forward CG. So the sensation and the feel that you get is different from a mallet putter because mm-hmm. the CG is three times deeper, which is great for distance control and forgiveness. But certain players, there's a certain style of player that we see and these same players, and these are, are great players on the PJ Tour and European Tours that have come to us and said, you know, if you could, can you push that CG forward? And we're like, why? Why would you want that? Well, you know, if you start to ask them questions, there's a certain rotation that they have in their, their arc of their swing, and they're used to a blade putter. So it is a big jump from a blade to a big mallet, or, or when I say a standard mallet. So we started thinking about that, what their comments were, and then we started analyzing their stroke, and they had a, a pretty much of a gated swing. So when you look at that putt style that they have, that, that face opens up and closes a lot of rotation. So and there's a feel that they get. So we started talking about building a putter. Instead of having it deep, can we move it forward? So if you look at the bottom of the putter, it has the width of a blade. So that whole putter sits to the same width of a, of a blade putter. You also see the trisole that's in there today. So it's got the same sole that you'd find in most of, most of these uh, blade putters. So it sits nice and square. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, with a, with a mallet putter, it sits where the CG, it sits back in a, where that CG is located. Here, it's up front. So players like that. So the nice thing about it, too, a lot of these players have a, a forward press in their swing. So the nice thing is it kind of leans forward for them automatically. So everything about the design of this is just front-loading it. So you see the tungsten weights out there. Um, it was all about putting as much weight as we could out there in the front part of the putter, and that's what we did. So we put 70% out there. I was just going to ask you about the forward press, but I'll ask you too about the, the white true path T alignment that also helps your aim. Correct. Yeah. So one of the things that we were a big believer in is true path. So we have in the, the white sight lines that are on there today, the thicker sight lines, some of the thickness on the sight lines that you'll see from us are about the 50% width of the ball. Sometimes they're the width of the ball. Sometimes they're the width of the cup. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the solid player and how much help do you need. So, um, and especially with the FCG, it's all about this T-sight line that we have, which really, if you look at the T-sight line, it's really easy to line up 
uh, you can use the center of the face or the uh, front edge of the face and the leading edge, and you can use that, and you can use the long part of the, the central to really center your ball and kind of create like a T uh, sight line. You also mentioned the tungsten weights in the putter. Expand on that if you could a little bit. What's the significance behind them? So the tungsten is a great, uh, uh, it's a great material for weight. And so it allows us to, to front load the weight. So we have about 101 grams, about 50 grams each of those, um, uh, both on the heel and the toe. So again, everything front loaded. So 70% up front versus a spider, a normal spider that we is the number one model, model today. That one is about uh, only about 40% up front. So about 43% up front. So big change of moving everything forward. So even the insert, uh, if you see the copper insert that we have. So we wanted to find an insert that did, uh, had two things. One, um, weight. <laughs> we wanted to front load the weight again. So most of our inserts weigh between 8 to 14 grams. This one's 25. So copper was great for us to help that story front load. And then the second part is I really wanted a feel of a blade putter. A blade putter has a certain sound, mm-hmm. um, and it has a certain vibration that you feel and a certain sensation that players feel in their hands because of that forward CG. So copper gave that to us. It gave us this nice, firm sound, click sound that we were looking for. So it accomplished two things for us besides the, the nice roll. Right on. Now, something that's also very interesting about the FCG putter, there are three different hosel options for this putter. Tell us about that. Yes. So one of the things that you're going to start to see in the future, not only right now, is, this, is these hosels that we have today. So they're, they're all new hosels that we have. Um, they're new in how we bond in the hosel today. So it's very, very easy for us in manufacturing to, mm-hmm. to, to change out the hosels. The beauty of that is we can have three different toe hangs. And so we can do a lot better fitting wise for different players that have different arcs. So we have a, a nice small slant that provides about 46 degrees of toe hang. That toe hang that we have on that spider FCG is the most toe hang we've had in any spider in the last 15 years. Hmm. So, you know, it's the same toe hang that you find in a, a normal blade putter. So that was part of it too, is have more maximum toe hang for those players that have a lot of arc. Then we have a nice uh, L neck, plumber's neck that provides about 25 degrees of towing. So for those medium style arc swings that we see out there. And then we have a face balance for uh, players that prefer that type of uh, a swing. It's very exciting stuff for the putter. Before we uh, stop talking about the putter here, another crucial part of this flat stick is the grip use. I understand it's a bit of a thinner group grip on the spider FCG. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's a new grip by, uh, by Superstroke. So they came to us and I said, I want to have a different style grip. I mean, when you look at blade putters, they are uh, a little thinner, um, smaller in size. So I wanted the smallest uh, diameter that we could possibly have instead of the, you know, the bigger, larger diameters that we have with, with Superstroke today. So we went with this uh, smaller traction model, and it's more that pistol style, style grip that you find on, on most of these blade putters. So we wanted to have that same feel not only in the hands, but the same feel from the insert and the same performance that you get throughout the whole putter. So we wanted to make sure everything is dialed for that player. So it makes it a nice transition. So hopefully if we can get them from a blade to a mallet, and then we get them from that mid-sized mallet, we can get them into the oversized mallet. So, you know, mallets today are, you know, 63% of the market. So, mm-hmm. um, but blades are still 37%. So it's a significant opportunity for us to uh, try and uh, talk to that player and get them to, uh, use a better model. Well, Bill, it's a great looking product. Looking forward to seeing it in action. Thanks for your time today. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you.
exciting stuff there from Taylor May, the Spider FCG putter. Looking forward to seeing it in the hands of many tour professionals. And Bob, looking forward to seeing you get a chance to try it. Well, I had a chance to hit it about a month ago when we first saw the product. And um, you liked it? I like it. I like it. Uh, you'd probably like anything right now, wouldn't you? I might go left-handed. <laughs> I, I, I might have to do. You're that. turning into Mark Zucchino, although he's finally found some sort of solutions for his putting. But he was. I, I'm awful curious. For a while. He he did tell me that he put a driver shaft in a putter. We'll have to ask this in, in coming up in our next segment. Remember, Mark he had the us. putter with no grip. Basically he did. wrapped a piece of tape like around it. Electrical tape or something, or hockey tape. <laughs> Mark Zucchino's putting is crazy, but he's a plus four handicap. So yeah. the guy knows how to golf his ball. And speaking of Mark, sorry, I think we're gonna go. Speaking of Mark, we're gonna hear from Mark in our next segment. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, live on TSN2 and TSN 1050. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. We've been discussing the first 36 holes, the BMW Championship, throughout the first hour and 15 minutes of our show. And there was projections of some rain happening overnight. That rain, Bob, did not come. No rain, but the wind has changed direction. Mm. That's going to be interesting That's to see what happens and how that affects things. Fascinating to see what happens. Tiger Woods is on the golf course. He missed the fairway on his first hole. Uh, for more on Tiger and everyone else, the BMW Championship, now on the line joining us is our co-host here on Golf Talk Canada, Mark Sacchino. Mark, welcome to the show. How are you this morning? Gentlemen, I'm good. Are you enjoying the U.S. Open that broke out in Chicago? Cause I am. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. that we, right off the top of the show, I said the exact same thing. Our U.S. Open preview shows in a couple weeks, but I think it came early, right? <laughs> it did. Listen, it's great. I don't want to. I won't dive into it too much uh, in course setup because I know we got it coming up on the other side. And winners, weird and what? But um, this is great. I love everything that's different. You know, Bob and I have had this conversation earlier in the year. You as well, uh, Scully. That mm. different is good because week in and week out on the PGA Tour, you can get a lot of the same. Right, hit it down the fairway as far as you can. If you can't, if you don't hit the fairway. It's sitting up in some pretty manageable rough. You throw a wedge onto the green, and it's a putting contest. And you can kind of replace the name of the tournament as you see fit, uh, but there a lot of them play the same. So once in a while, you know, when you get a uh, Honda Classic, uh, a Valspar, a Memorial, or something along the lines that, you know, just changes what these guys see, um, I think it's great, and, th- and this week we're seeing it in, in, in just we're seeing it just magnified. Yeah, I was saying to Scully earlier how you know I don't care if I, I like watching a guy shoot thirty under par because I think that's kind of neat, and I love watching guys struggle to get one under par. And I think that's what you said, Mark. Is sort of the difference is is great, and let's it, let's change it up and shake it up. What do you expect going into the weekend based on what you've seen so far? Well. <laughs> You, no one's no one's going to run away and hide. I, I think I'm comfortable with that. Um, 
I'm I'm wondering, and I'm hoping, wouldn't it be like <laughs> But I'm with you, Bob. I like the difference. I don't mind. Like what DJ did last week was magnificent, uh, and this is magnificent this week to to uh, in a completely different way. I would love to see someone win this golf tournament at even par. I think that would be fantastic. Now, can they keep it that tough moving forward? The PGA Tour guys is, is not a huge fan of this, so if like from my experience with their course setup, et cetera, that if this is happening, what we're seeing in Chicago at the leaders, two guys under par at one under, it's in my experience that the, you know, from PGA Tour setup is that, you know, th- this is not by design. They, they are trying to make this golf course as, as accessible as possible under the current conditions. And it's just not accessible. As you said, Bob, super firm and they didn't get rain. So it's going to stay hard. The wind's going to switch direction. Okay, does that mean it makes it easier? Or does that mean it makes it harder because the guys haven't seen the wind this week? Um, the pins, uh, it's hard to access the whole locations here. It's a long golf course for a par 70. So I don't know what they can do to make it easier because my gut tells me that they've probably tried that already. Uh, unless they unless they come out today and just dramatically shorten this thing up, which I just don't think they would do. So I expect more of the same. I expect more of holding on for dear life, someone out there is going to have a good round. Someone is going to shoot, you know, three, four under par today, uh, maybe five under, who knows, I don't know five unders out there, but maybe somebody's going to shoot, you know, three or four under, you would think. But where is that person in the leaderboard? Like if that person does that that spot from plus three or plus two, they might be leading this golf tournament. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the way mine's wrap- my mind's wrapping around this. I'm with you there, Mark. So uh, you're talking about guys who could do well this weekend. Before we get to our stardom sit-em for the weekend, I have to poke fun at myself here because I started Tiger Woods this week on our TV show, and the reaction from both you and Bob was priceless, to be quite honest. You you know me, I I like to make some bold predictions on this show, and I, I like Tiger. I, I thought well, he was going to okay. do well. And okay. uh, no. It's okay that you did that. And it's okay because I sat Rory, guys. Because mm. I thought Rory was really a few weeks away from finding his path uh, out of the wilderness. And, bo- and obviously, I was wrong because he's right here. So, you know, my stardom was fine. Uh, you know, the guy I had is a, like kind of a dark horse. If you gave me a second name, was Kevin Kisner. Mm-hmm. He's doing fine, but my sitem, my sitem was was Rory. So I, you know what, I was completely wrong. So we were both out to lunch. I, I just want to go on the record and say that my stardom was uh, Patrick Cantlay, and my sitem was Mark Leishman. <laughs> but, there, you uh, there you go. Good thing well, you can't check the records. That's all I can say. <laughs> okay, Mark. So so this weekend, thirty six holes left. Who are you? Let's start with that. Who are you starting? Well, you know what, guys? If I'm going to eat crow, and you got to eat a little crow, why not eat a large bucket of crow? Like, forget just the wing or the foot. Let's eat the whole flock of crow. So I'm going to start Rory McIlroy. And I'm going to start Rory McIlroy for the reason that I sat him. The reason I sat Rory McIlroy was not because he was putting poorly or not because he was sloppy around the greens. Because Rory quite often putts poorly and is quite often sloppy around the greens but still finds a way to compete in golf tournament because he's first in strokes gained off the tee uh first in strokes gained tee to green these are the categories that he dominates driving distance etc and coming into this week he was tanking in all of those categories the categories that he normally dominates 
He also openly said he needs the fans to get going. He needs the fans back to have the energy. Okay, here we go this week, guys. There are no fans. But who's first in strokes gain off the tee? Rory. Who's first in strokes gain tee to green? Rory. Who's third in driving distance? Rory. Uh, like So the categories that he usually dominates in, he's back dominating. If he puts mediocre the rest of the way, he's going to have a chance to win. I'll eat the full bucket of crow starting Rory McIlroy. <laughs> How about you, Bob? Who are you starting? Uh, I'm going to start Tony Finau. And the reason I'm going to start Tony Finau is a combination. He's third in greens in regulation, and he's fifth in strokes gained putting. So I like that combo. He's not doing all that well in hitting the fairways, but nobody is. And he's strong enough that he can hack it out in most cases. So mm. I just kind of like where he is right now, and, uh, and I'm going to go with him. I like that. Okay, Tony Finau is your stardom. For me, I'm sticking here in Canada. I am starting Mackenzie Hughes. He is my stardom for the weekend. He's 10th in strokes gained total this week, tied for third in greens and regulation. He's done well in tough conditions before, as we spoke about in hour one. The T6 at Memorial, the second at the Honda Classic. I like Mackenzie Hughes. He showed some great form, played well last week at the Northern Trust, and he needs a good finish if he's going to make it to next week at Eastlake. Mark, how about you? Who are you sitting for this weekend? Well, I've had a formula, guys, on Saturdays that has done quite well oh. when I sit up. And I'm just going to stick with my formula. My formula is I'm looking for the guy that is smoking mirroring it right now on this leaderboard. Who's the guy that, you know, is hitting it or, 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 or putting himself in position for failure but somehow has managed to find success? And for me, the formula, formula leaps out with a guy who is living and dying with his putter. I like good putters. We all look for guys that are putting well, but I want him to combo up other parts of the game with the good putting for him to be able to go forward. Brandon Todd, guys, was better than five shots, better than five shots, 5.32 against the field yesterday in strokes game putting. He's over six shots better in strokes game putting to the entire field right now. Where is he right now in strokes gained approach to the green, iron play, a guy like Brandon Todd needs to be good with his irons. He needs to be good proximity to the hole. He's 68 in strokes gain approach to green out of a field of 70. He is tied for 43rd in proximity to the hole out of a field of 70. His iron play is sloppy. His driving is mediocre. Tee to green strokes gained, minus 1.7. But he is putting lights out. So basically what Brandon Todd's telling me is if he doesn't make absolutely everything he looks at, He's going to go backwards. We've also seen over the last few weeks, Brandon Todd put himself in position around the weekend, and he tends to fade, especially when we get to Sunday. I expect that to continue. I can't believe that someone's just going to be six shots better than the field with the putter the rest of the way. I'll sit Brandon Todd. Yeah, I like that pick, Brendan Todd. He's, he's had two uh, victories this season, a runner-up finish as well. He's T5. He is three shots or two shots off the lead. Uh, before we go to your sit Bob, I have to report that Tiger Woods one-putted the first hole. He is even par through one round. Uh, Bob, to you, who are you sitting? All right, I'm going to uh, sit Adam Scott. And the reason I'm sitting him is because he is fourth in strokes gained putting. And I don't wow. think there's any way that Adam Scott can keep that going. <laughs> He's, uh, he was 2.730 yesterday, strokes, uh, strokes game putting against the field. That's a great putting round. But as we know, that's not the strongest part of his game, although he hasn't been actually too bad this year. But generally speaking, I think that uh, when Adam Scott's putting is, is good, it doesn't seem to last for that long. So that's mm -hmm. why I'm going to sit him. 
And I'm on a similar scale with that in terms of putting. You started Tony Finau. I'm sitting oh, Tony Finau. Mono a mono. Here we go. So he is fifth <laughs> in strokes game putting this week for the season. He's 97th. Oof. I just watching watching his grip the way he grips the putter. He's had some really shaky misses on the backside yesterday uh, during the second round. He's 18th and third round scoring this year. 165th in final round scoring. Tony Finau's had a lot of good finishes, but hasn't really been able to close the deal a lot during his PGA Tour career. Sure. He's been incredibly consistent. But on a golf course like this, I was thinking about starting Tony Finau looking back to Shinnecock when uh, Tony Finau and Daniel Berger teed off three and a half hours before the leaders and they posted a score and they were the final group. That's this correct. is a similar sort of scenario, right? And But I, I just don't see Tony Finau's putting uh, holding up for the final um, 36 holes here at the BMW Championship. Well, Mark, our favorite time of show, it's winners, weird, and what. That's going to come up after the break. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks here in studio on TSN 2 and TSN 1050. Mark Sacchino joining us on the line. Mark, this is our favorite time of the show. It's Winners Weird and What. But before we get to your Winners Weird and What, Bob and I were discussing putters before and how many you know putts we've taken in rounds. We gave away a Spider FCG putter. I've had 77 putts in my last two rounds combined and broke 80 both times, so that's pretty good. Uh, Mark, what is your putting setup right now? I don't know. <laughs> good. <laughs> I, had, I have been um, up and as you guys know, I, I battle the putter uh, horribly. And the last year, though, has been pretty good. I've had some putting rounds that maybe are some of the best of my life. In fact, the 36 holes I played with you guys in California mm-hmm. in December is, is probably the best maybe I've ever putted, possibly. Um, and this is all since the USGA and the RNA banned the belly putter, right? When, when that was done, I started going off to clear. I, I fell in Louise with a large bucket of putters after a large bag of putters on that one. So right now, I think after yesterday's putting performance, I'm, I think I'm in transition, let's just mm. say. So i gotta, I got to leave build the wheel. I, I come off a good run, but we went hard off the cliff yesterday. I'm sorry to report that. The good news is, still striping it. Like, center of the face. Uh, I was two under par yesterday after four holes. I won't tell you my final score, and I won't tell you the putter tally. Let's just not go there. Wow. So, so for you, your putting right now is your weird and your what, I guess we can call it that. <laughs> I'm going to putt with a right-handed putter with the head cover off on blindfolded for the next round. Yeah, looking, looking forward to seeing that. Well, well, Mark, we're 36 holes into the BMW Championship. 36 holes to go. Ton of, tons going on in the world of golf right now. It's you have the tea now for winners, weird, and what? I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, guys, I'm going to go a, a little personal 
with my winner this week because something came out of the blue and caught me completely off guard because I didn't even know that this list existed or, or, or was coming. I guess I believe it's the first list of its kind ever before, the, the inaugural list. But as you guys know, uh, you know, I'm a Golf Digest ranker, so I'm familiar with the Golf Digest list. And, you know, Bob's uh, history with the score list goes back from the very beginning. The, you know, Bob was there for the first one, and the, and the guy behind the first ever score list, which still goes to today. We had uh, Jason Logan on to talk about the score list earlier on this season. I got sent to me the Golf Magazine Top 50 Nine-Hole Golf Courses in the World. So it is the first ever Top 50 Nine-Hole Golf Course list in the world, a global list for the best nights. And the Toronto Hunt Club, my golf club, was 35 on the Top 50 in the World list. Caught me completely off guard. Bob, did you know this list existed? Has there been a list like this before? Because I, I, I had no idea that this list, list even existed. I'd never heard of it before. You sent the, the copy to me yesterday. And, uh, you know, it's, at Score Golf, when we were doing it, we had lots of requests from people saying, you should do a, a list of the best nine-hole courses. And it makes sense to do it. And there's, there's another number of good ones. I mean, right around even here, obviously, Toronto Hunt. But there's Oakville Golf Club. A good friend of mine, Hal Shaw, takes me out to the member guest there. That's a fun one. Uh, there's a good one I play out in Prince Edward Island that I was just actually racing to try and remember the name of it. But there are some fantastic ones. And this list, I mean, some of the pictures on this golf course list is, are spectacular. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, guys, and, and the future of our game and how time, prior to COVID, time is really the biggest challenge facing the game of golf. Uh, we know how important how uh, you know nine holes is going to be, short courses, thirteen hole courses. We see them being built everywhere. So, congratulations, Toronto Hunt Club. Okay, my weird this week, guys. Listen, we talk about it every week or every other week. You know, the competition on the Champions Tour is pretty amazing. Uh, Bernard Longer, I think he turns ninety-seven this year, and probably going to make the cut in November at Augusta at the age of ninety-seven. Very impressive, right? But it's amazing to me what Phil Mickelson still did this week. It is bizarre. It is the 20th time in the history of that tour that a player making their debut gets the job done. In fact, I think Fjord did it already this year in his debut. Adam, considering how deep the talent is on the Champions Tour, it is so weird that when a guy comes in and makes a debut, a debut, he, he, he wins. He walks away and wins. It's, it's a walking contradiction, is it not? It's it's certainly wild for sure. And Phil Mickelson's year on the PGA Tour hasn't you know been spectacular, so to speak. He's really been known for more of what he's done on social media. He's got this coffee for wellness coming out very shortly that he was pretty busy with on social media this week. Uh, but I mean, with the course setup and where they were at Ozarks National, it seemed like it was pretty. It was a, an easier setup, I guess you could call it, Bob, and and that uh, Phil could really hit his bombs everywhere. And and his short game is as good as it is. That um, Mark, I, I don't know about you, but for the U.S. Open, I'm a little more optimistic about Phil. Yeah, well, I am too. But let's be, you know, U.S. Open, they're going to have to put the ball in the fairway, True. which is going to yeah. be very different, right? So uh, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. I just find it bizarre, though, with how deep that tour is, that you can just waltz on and win your debut the 20th time in the history of that tour. Pretty amazing. Okay, guys, my what this week. Is and here I'm going to go. So here's I don't want to call it a rant. Here we go. It's going to be a, a little bit of I told you so because I'm a soapbox, you know, and and, and I'm, someone's pulling a string in my back, but no one wants to listen. So I'm going to keep pulling the string in my back until people listen. 
Forget about rolling back the golf ball. Stop crying about the game being too easy. Your distance inquiries for the RNA and the USGA about how things have gotten out of hand. Blow the whole thing up. You started limiting drivers in 2011. Great. Fine. You want to limit golf balls? Fine. You don't need to pull them back. It's all about course setup. Make it firm. Play more par 70s and less par 72s. Have some rough. Change some angles. Put a premium on different areas of the game other than just bomb and gouge. And guess what happens? You got 36 holes in a, in a PGA Tour event, one under par is leading. Not 15 under par like we had last week heading to Saturday. And like I said in the previous segment with Bob, I like them both. But when we're talking about affecting the entire game, the recreational side of the game, potential, potential bifurcation, all because you can't see how this is just a setup when it comes to the best players in the world, not everybody else, you're absolutely blind with these distance reports and this and that and yada, yada. I don't play any golf with anybody that comes off a golf course and says that was too short and that was too easy. So if we're worried about the top 0.001% on the planet, set up the golf course properly like we're seeing this week and all things will be solved. Okay, just like everything, guys, if they just had to call me and let me make the decisions, <laughs> things would get a lot better. All right, Bob, the tea is yours. So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! I don't know how to follow a you know, ranch, I'll tell you. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, my winner this week is Rich Beam, who also made his Beamer. PGA Tour Champions uh, debut. And uh, the PGA Tour Champions obviously knows the Beamer pretty well because mid-round, you know what they did? They delivered two beer, delivered a little beer on ice to him. <laughs> in the middle of this round. They, I didn't see <laughs> this. A couple of amazing. beers given to him. And uh, his reaction was he looked in it. They had one of those, you know, the little buckets that you have ice in that's on your cart. Of course, in Champions Tour, they can take a cart. So he looks in and he goes, what? There's only two. That's not going to be enough. <laughs> so, but congrats to the Beamer for making it to 50 and for uh, getting in there. I don't know. if uh, Have you ever had beer delivered to you, Scully, on the golf course? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm going to answer yes for you. <laughs> uh, all right. My, uh, my weird this week, uh, last week we had some low scores. We had a 59 yep. and we had a 60. But that wasn't the lowest score fired last week. Uh, at South Lakes Golf Course in Jenks, Oklahoma, Alexander Hughes posted a round of 55. 55. 55. And, uh, 18 holes? Yeah, 18 holes. 6,400-yard okay. golf course, but still what? It's a muni. Still doesn't Ball's matter. Go in the 55. Hole. He, uh, his scorecard is 26-29. Uh, he started. He had a hole-in-one uh, on his second hole of the day. And then he, went, he went, actually went par, ace, par, and then ran off uh, eight straight birdies. Wow. So pretty nice round. Oh, and, and an eagle in there as well. Pretty nice round for this guy. That's a 55. I don't know if I've ever heard. Mark, have you ever heard of anybody around that number? Like, what's the lowest round of golf you've ever heard? And don't give me a nine-hole round either. <laughs> you and your nine-hole courses. No, I didn't. No, Bob, I'm with you. I didn't know that 55 was actually the number in the Guinness Book of World Records. So I didn't know that. And 
I, I saw this uh, story the, uh, yesterday or the day before, and did you see there was like a little video on the 18th green? So I guess word kind of ripped through the golf course that this was happening, and someone captured a video on the 18th green where he almost chips in for 54. <laughs> Apparently it caught a piece of the hole, and, and he almost chips in for 54, which, of course, then – you know, we'd have a new Guinness record, but I'm blown away. I'm blown away by all these numbers. I don't understand how on any of these golf courses you shoot anything with a five in front of it. That's crazy. You know, uh, there was an old there was an old golf writer years ago when I first got into the business who was who covered Al Geiberger's fifth, the first fifty nine. Apparently, at the uh, press interview afterwards, you know what the first thing that Al Geiberger said was. He said, you know, if I'd made that putt on 12, it would have been 58. Like, <laughs> nobody is satisfied, right? Ever Nobody's ever. ever satisfied. Uh, my what this week is, what a nice guy Danny Willett is. Danny Willett uh, is yes, playing on the European this. Tour event this week, and he's got his wife, Nicole, caddying for him. Uh, I thought that was very nice. They wanted to spend a little more time together, so this was how they're do- actually doing it uh, a couple times, I guess, if mm-hmm. on the golf course. But she's a little nervous about it. So Danny is raking the bunkers on her wow. behalf after hitting his bunker shots. I don't think I've ever seen that happen. We'd have to reach out. Maybe uh, our good friend Brennan Little, who I hear is mm-hmm. listening to him, he might know if, if anyone, any of his uh, carries have ever raked the, be- raked the bunker for him. But nice of Danny to do that. Very nice I of Danny. Make, uh, I make Mrs. Golf Talk Canada carry the staff bag with three dozen golf balls. <laughs> yeah, you're a nice guy. All right, Scully, the tea is yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Fitting that we just heard from Phil Mickelson because Phil Mickelson is my winner this week. I mentioned earlier that Phil on social media, he was talking all about his coffee for wellness. He was responding to a bunch of people about it. But before his final round of PGA Tour Champions, he tweeted this out. Last night, I saw a video of me chomping gum and looking like a giraffe in spring. Not attractive at all, but it helps me, helps me release nervous energy and access my frontal lobe. So, and then a couple of emojis. Bob, are you one to chew gum on the golf course like Phil? I don't chew gum at all. My yeah. teeth are so bad, they'd probably fall out. So, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a big gum chewer, but it works. seems to work for Phil. It's that, I, don't know what, I don't know what's in the gum, but... Yeah, yeah. I don't know, Mark. I'm not sure what's in the gum, but hey, it's working for Phil, and uh, good for you for winning your uh, Champions Tour debut, Phil Mickelson. Mark, my weird this week, you always said the first good decision on the golf course starts in the closet. And on Thursday, Tiger Woods, he he missed a loop on his belt loop. His belt skipped a loop over. Now, (laughs) Tiger Woods, all of his pants have like 18 loops on them, so I'm not really sure what the deal is with that. But did you happen to see this, Mark? Yeah, I saw it. I, I didn't see it until you kind of uh, pointed it out to me. Yeah. So then I saw it, and, and, you know, we've all been there. We've all done it. Here's the thing. When you've got Tiger Woods kind of cash, do you not just have a, a loop assistant? He wears a lot of loops, <laughs> to your point, all right? I'm like, this is Jerry. What's Jerry do? Oh, he's on my team. What's he, a putting coach? No, he handles my loops and my belts. That's it. That's what Jerry does. Tiger actually told me one time years ago at, a, at this Nike event that uh, he had his, has to have his pants custom made for him, at least he did back in the day, because his waist was so small and his thighs and calves were so big that, uh, that he had to have them. There was no sort of standard off-the-rack shelf, but obviously they put uh, too many loops in them. 
I can relate, Bob. I yeah. Can relate. <laughs> so Tiger missing a belt loop. Uh, he was even through one hole this morning at last check. But uh, Tiger being Tiger, I guess. Uh, my what this week, Mark? This sort of goes to your rant a little bit. Rory McIlroy uh, made a little dig at the USGA after the second round of the BMW Championship. Uh, the Western Golf Association helped set up uh, the golf course this week at Olympia Fields. And Rory McIlroy said, I think that the USGA could hire the Western Golf Association to set their courses up. So we haven't seen any players this week. Zing. We haven't seen any players this week zing or, or complain about the course setup at all. It's hard. But, Mark, what have you thought of this? That, you know, the golf course, it's it's... You know, it's not unfair, but it's certainly playing challenging for these guys, for sure. And Listen, you hit the nail on, on the head. It's not unfair. It's what Rory's saying there, and it's stuff that we've, all, we've talked about, and it is kind of directly related to my what this week, is that there's no such thing as too hard. There's no such thing as too challenging. There's only stupid and unfair. And that line has not been crossed. You cross those lines with revolving pars, putting T-decks on angles, adding windmills to par threes, you know, we've seen it over the years with the USGA, and now I'm I'm almost afraid now in certain years with the USGA, they almost caution on the other side in the sense that they've almost lost a bit of their identity in the sense that um, they're so scared to, 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 to anger the players again or to put themselves in a spotlight again where they lose control of a golf course or you know, add too many uh, clowns' noses that they're going to get ripped in the media, ripped in the locker room, et cetera, et cetera. And what Rory's saying here is here's a perfect example of stiff, stern, fair, but not stupid. And, of course, Rory, guys, is going to love this because the biggest challenge Rory probably has week in and week out is, again, it's a putting contest or how good are you inside 100 yards. And this week, the player – who is the best from tee to green is likely going to win this golf tournament. And that, of course, fits Rory McIlroy. So, of course, he's probably going to be very happy. Mark, great stuff as always. We'll talk to you on our TV show this week where we'll recap the BMW Championship. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, you guys, for holding down the fort. You guys are the best. Awesome. Have a great weekend. That was Mark Sacchino. You can follow him on Twitter at ZmanGolf. Well, Bob, on the other side, we're going to wrap up today's show. We're going to give leaderboard updates from around the world of golf, and we're going to discuss our Golf Talk Canada poll question of the week. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks on TSN2. You can listen to us live on TSN2 as well. i got to interrupt you, Scully. So, uh, in that last segment... There was a laugh that you had. Oh I asked boy. the guys here. They've got it. Oh, boy. And first of all, remember, remember Kawhi Leonard's famous laugh when he came to Toronto last year? No, well, okay, yeah. let's hear Let's hear that one. <laughs> okay. And in the last segment, there was a laugh that you did. Let's hear that one. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, you are Kawhi Ooh. Leonard. <laughs> wow. Can we, can we hear them both one more time? Okay, here's Kawhi. <laughs> and now here's Scully. 
<laughs> wow, okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, so Kawhi Leonard and I now have something in common. Yes, other than the fact that he's actually one of the few people in the world taller than you. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, Bob, let's go to leaderboard updates here. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club, award-winning championship golf in the scenic Rouge Valley. Just minutes from downtown Toronto, flexible, affordable, memorable. There's never been a better time to join Cedar Bray Golf Club. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. Bob, let's go to you, PGA Tour. Uh, all right, we're going to do, uh, I'm going to go through the PGA Tour family here. First Perfect. of all, Charles Schwab uh, series at Ozarks National. That was the Champions Tour event. It's actually over. <laughs> Played Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yep. Phil Mickelson was your winner at 22 under par over uh, Tim Petrovic, top Canadian, T13, Mike Weir. Corey, Corn Ferry Tour, they got uh, held up. They didn't finish up last night, but right now, Seth Reeves and Grayson Sig have the overnight lead. Along, sorry, along with Vince India, they are uh, all at 10 under par. Uh, a gaggle of Canadians here. Adam Svensson, T18. Stuart McDonald, T18 as well. Taylor Pendrith is tied for 24th. And outside the cut line right now is Ben Silverman, who is tied for 82nd. Mm -hmm. The BMW Championship, as we've been talking about, uh, is underway. The third round is underway. Patrick Cantley, Rory McIlroy are tied at one under par. Mac Hughes, T10 at uh, two over par. And the other Canadians, Corey Connors is tied for 30th. And Adam Hadwin is tied for 39th. I texted Adam last night. I said, give me some perspective on how difficult that golf course is. He texted back, there are only two guys under par. That's all he said. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick Taylor is tied for 46th. There you go. I still can't get over that Kawhi laugh. This is, uh, this is haunting my dreams. This is hilarious. Uh, okay, European Tour, the ISPS Honda UK Championship. Justin Walters is a five-shot lead over a host of players, including Martin Keimer, who's five shots off the pace. Canadian Aaron Cockrell in the field. He is T32. On the LPGA Tour, the Walmart Arkansas Championship, Esther Lee is your leader. She has a two-shot lead right now over Austin Ernst, Brooke Henderson, Elena Sharp, both even par uh, after the first round. And Jacqueline Lee is also in the field. She's also at even par, so three Canadians even par. The cut right now is at minus one, so they'll have to do some work to make it to the weekend. Bob, we did our Golf Talk Canada po Twitter poll question of the week. When playing their best, who is the most talented player in the world? We gave the options of Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, or other, there are several. There are a lot of votes. In your perspective, who is the best when they're at their best? Um, I don't know. I asked Rory that after he won his majors. We got those sit downs with him. Yep. And he, he thought he was obviously, and I think rightly so. And I've asked Dustin Johnson that, and he said he thought he was. Both were sort of nice about it and not like cocky. I think I would go with Rory when he's playing his best. Well, you and the majority of our audience agree. So 43.3% oh, wow. said Rory McIlroy. Dustin Johnson had 40%. Justin Thomas had 6.1%. And other had 10%. I saw some votes. Brooks Kepka was on there. Someone voted Jordan Spieth was on there, which is in... Maybe in another era. Interesting vote. Years ago. Yes. Uh, but uh, Rory McIlroy, at his best, he, uh, our audience believes he is the best. Bob, about 45 seconds left here in the show. Are you on the tee at all this weekend? Uh, no, I'm not going to be on the tee this weekend, I'm gonna, but I'm going to go in a flurry on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and uh, get, get my game back on, uh, on the golf course. Well, Bob, I'm actually on the tee in about an hour and ten minutes, so <laughs> Good luck. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> hope the putting improves. I really hope so as well. It can't really get any worse. Oh, so, yes, it can. <laughs> uh, you're probably right. But, uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh. 
But don't forget, TSN is your home for the BMW Championship at the FedEx Cup Playoffs, all major championship golf. TSN 1 and 5, CTV 2 as well. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, you can catch BMW Championship. Mackenzie Hughes, only three shots off the lead. Bob, it's another fun edition of Golf Talk Canada. Thank you for listening, and thank you for watching. <laughs> <laughs> This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.